We're here to help you navigate your business growth with strategic conversations and insights from experts in multiple industries. Welcome to Wayfinding Growth. This episode of Wayfinding Growth is brought to you by Sprocket Talk. If you're ready to take your HubSpot experience to a whole new level, you need to join Sprocket Talk as a free VIP member. That's right, free. Tutorials, courses, training, HubSpot updates, and so much more. Head to sprockettalk.com slash WG to join the movement and get an exclusive Wayfinding Growth deal. Welcome, Wayfinders. I'm Remington Begg. Hey, and I'm Dan Moyle, and we're so glad that you are here. So on this episode, I actually had the pleasure of talking with Jamie J., founder of Bottleneck Virtual Assistance and the host of the podcast Culture Eat Strategy, which I love. Uh, I've personally known Jamie a couple years now, and I knew that his story was one of ups and downs. I knew he'd be authentic. He can get very vulnerable. Uh, and I, I knew that he had at least one major pivot and success through relationships. So like, I'm like, this is going to be gold. Uh, but I had no idea it would be this much fun. So but Remington, you listened to this afterwards. You get that yeah. pleasure. What did you take away from this? Yeah, so um, so I love the whole concept of word of the year. And mm. I believe his word of the year was listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and how he ingrained that in everything he was doing, especially he was talking about sales. In sales, how it changed how he did things. Rather than asking why, like literally just listening right. more. So I thought that was pretty deep. Um, and, you know, we've been on this binge of, of remote work. And so how he said he went to this premise of having to build a culture remote and, like, how does that work? And he really, like, he said it came down to a few things, and there was a couple others, but, like, build processes, set goals, and, you know, have values everyone yeah. uh, can share. And it's funny because that's like a – it's just like a that ribbon again yeah. that goes back through everything that, we, uh, that we've that we been talking about this season. Yep, absolutely. Um, I love Jamie's self-reflect, self-reflection. Uh, his mastermind advice, so that was really good because we talked about that as well. Yeah. Um, and and then his proudest moment was that he offered up was very personal, yeah, but related. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is really good. But then it was related to professional growth. Eventually, yep. um, that was really cool. So I just, yeah, a great conversation. I think you're gonna love it. Uh, so here it is, friends. Season two, episode twenty six, the second to the last one. Yeah, dun dun dun. Let's set that course for growth. Jamie J, welcome to Wayfinding Growth. I'm so glad you are here, my friend. Thank you so much. A super stoked, honored, privileged, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to jump in. I tell you what, man. The one thing I, I love about podcasting uh, is that I get to talk to my friends. We've had a, a relationship for a couple of years now. I've seen you grow in your business and and make some pivots that we'll get to. But but I consider you a friend, and I'm so excited to talk. And then the other thing is Remington just lets me do what I want to do. So I get to just so say, cool. hey, I'm going to have a conversation. So, <laughs> um, But anyway, so so Jamie J, uh, Bottleneck Virtual Assistance is your company right now that you have grown and you are serving the world. It wasn't always that way, though. Um, let's Let's start at the beginning. Let's chart the course. How did you get here to where you are today to running this company of VAs? Uh, back in 2006, by the way, thank you again, Dan, for having me on. And yeah, we've known each other for a couple of years. So this is, this is kind of a cool little dialogue we're going to have today. I, yeah, I can't wait. Um, but yeah, back in 2006, I uh, started an advertising agency that was real estate based in Stockton, California. Hmm. And uh, my partner was, uh, owned a real estate agency. And he said, he approached me one day and because uh, I had some marketing background. And, and he said, Hey, we should start a real estate agency and help, you know, real estate agents out with their marketing and their branding and stuff like that. And I'm like, sure. And uh, so we jumped in. Why not? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Why not? 
So he happened to have relocated from the Philippines. His name is Mariano. And, uh, but he had been living in the U.S. for quite some time and was very successful, but he still had the relationships in the Philippines. And in the Filipino culture, they're very, 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 very family uh, oriented. Not to say that here in the U.S. we're not, but what you find here in the U.S. is we're usually really close with our immediate family. Not so much so with the extended family, but in the Philippines, the extended families, it's big Catholics, right? Big Catholic, uh, um, uh, uh, influence over there. And so he said, we, sh- I have all the people there. And it was a, in a little town called actually a bigger town called Cebu city in the Southern uh, portion of the uh, Filipino archipelago. And he said, let's start, let's start off. Let's, let's do this. I've got a production manager, I've got web developers, I've got designers, I've got all the stuff. And I'm like, okay, how much is this going to cost? Right. And I looked at him like, wow. And this is okay with him. And they said, they love it. They, and, and we did. I never looked back after that moment with the exception of failing that company. But I mean, <laughs> with my re- relationship and working with people from the Philippines, absolutely mm-hmm. loved it. So, so you just mentioned me just kind of an offhand comment about failing. So that company obviously is not where you are anymore. That's not what you're doing no. anymore. Um, so let's go back to that. You, you, you made a pivot at some point from that to something else or to maybe directly bottleneck, let's get to that. But how did you know it was time to pivot? What happened? Um, 2008 financial housing crisis. Mm. We were in a real estate uh, Mm. agency. We lost (laughs) over 70 clients in the span of three months. And um, at the age, a ripe old age of 38, I moved back in with my parents, Mm. Uh, lost everything, everything. I never saved. I never, I was, I was not smart um, I was living week to week, pretty much, uh, thinking, oh, this is great. What a great ride. Uh, you know, we're growing by leaps and bounds. This is going to be a lot of fun. We don't have a ton of overhead. I absolutely love this clunk ground fell out beneath us or the mm-hmm. rug got pulled out beneath us. So yeah, um, I was forced to, um, I didn't even pivot. I was just forced to try and do something. So it's mm-hmm. not too fun, you know, moving back in with your parents as an adult. No, I, I can't imagine. I love my parents, but no, no thanks. Yeah, me too. Um, so, <laughs> so as a successful business person now, looking back on that moment, how how did you feel in that moment? And then what got you around to where you are today? Well, I felt like crap. Uh, it was pretty, I mean, I was so depressed. It was dark and stormy. And, and just a couple of years before that, I lost my little brother to motorcycle accident. He passed away. Mm. And it was like, and, and at that time, 2005 is when he passed. 2008 is when the company fell. And to be honest with you, from 2000 to 2000, uh, 2005 to 2000, probably nine-ish, 10-ish, uh, was pretty much a dark blur. Hmm. Um, even though we did pretty well in the real estate, I wasn't in the greatest mindset. I wasn't in good shape and it was, uh, it was challenging to say the least. And, and, uh, you know, I covered a lot of it up with, uh, you know, partying and, and, uh, just trying to, trying to make it through and thinking, lying to myself, thinking that, you know, I, everything is good. Hmm. Um, when it all actually, it wasn't, but I did learn two huge things, um, And I remember thinking about this back then, um, what happened? I I remember analyzing the situation saying, well, trying to be positive here, 
what's something that you learned, Jamie? <laughs> and Jamie responded, well, when finances get tight, the first thing to go usually is your marketing budget, your advertising budget. And the second thing to go is staff. People lay off their staff, employees. And so I thought to my, and I didn't even know what the answer was at that day, but I said, I got to figure something out that's going to be as recession proof as possible. And uh, lo and behold, uh, you know, I got back into the virtual assistant world several years later and I have virtually set up as recession proof a company as I possibly can. Hmm. And what's better is I'm helping my clients do the same thing. So when you talk virtual assistant, mm -hmm. you're talking people who, who do the administrative work for you and they don't have to be in your office. Is that a pretty simple way to put it? Yeah, remote-based. Remote-based. Yeah, it's a, it's a basically a subscription-based program. Uh, and that's the other cool thing, too. You don't have to worry about I-9, I, you know, W-2s, 1099s, uh, unemployment insurance. You don't have to worry about any of that. Hmm. It's service. Interesting. So, it's, so it feels like a, like a SaaS setup. You 100%. Just, you have this service. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So how did, how did you go then from that closed company to understanding and like you, you had a little self-reflection, which is huge for all of us. A to, lot of self-reflection. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, forced self-reflection. Yes, um, yes. But it is so important though. But how did you go then and set up this bottleneck virtual assistance then? Like how did you make that step into entrepreneurship again? Well, it, I, so I lost everything. Terrible credit. Um, just uh, lost the relationship with my daughter. I mean, it was a mess. My entire life was a complete mess. Um, and thank God I had, you know, my parents. I had uh, two really close friends um, that really, really helped get me through that. At one point, I went and lived with one of my friends in Las Vegas, um, and he took care of me still to this day. We are really, really good friends. Um, shout out to you. Uh, Rob Robbins, um, he's, he's amazing. And Eric Lawrence, those guys, uh, they, they really helped me out when I was down. Um, so, <clears throat> and, and, and Tony Avila, by the way. Tony Avila uh, drove a little over two hours to bring me a bag of groceries at one point because I couldn't afford to uh, wow. purchase any food. So um, amazing people. I mean, it, it, was, it was bad. Um, and, and so I think... What ultimately got me into this was I started going on, I got to figure out how to make money. You know, I, 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 I couldn't really get a job. You know, I didn't really, I didn't, I had nothing, um, bad credit. Um, my mindset wasn't there. So I just started, you know, how to make money online, you know, how, how to do that. And I started doing little things here and there. And I started really getting into SEO and building websites and it just kind of, gathered and then I got into building websites and then I'd build a website for a client and then, okay, see ya. Bye. And then I, th I thought, oh, man, I'm not giving them any more value. And that sucks because I loved working with them. What can I do? Oh, of course there's, you know, web maintenance stuff you can do and all that, but that's not really, you know, that wasn't something that really was like, Oh, I love doing this. You know, yeah, yeah. I love maintaining a website. Um, so I thought, what's something I can, I said, Oh my gosh. People always ask me, hey, how do you, where can I get a virtual assistant? You know, because I had a virtual assistant. Where can mm -hmm. I get one and how can I get one? And through a mastermind group, they said, hey, you should, you should probably start monetizing this. And I thought, huh, it's a good idea. 
And so it, so it, it went from there about three so, years ago. So in addition to, to self-reflection, working with a group of people like a mastermind has helped you as well then, huh? Oh, big time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't recommend it enough, especially because um, working from home, being an entrepreneur from home, uh, it can be lonely, mm. right? It gets, uh, you know, thank the Lord. I work with my wife and she's amazing. And, and she, she actually works with me here at Bottleneck. Uh, she's way over there in the living room. I'm here <laughs> in the back bedroom. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, I would drive her nuts. But um, it can be pretty, like, that's one of the fun things. You go to events you know, and, and you get to see people and like do stuff like that, but that's very, you know, it's, it's not all the time. And so I think a lot of people may struggle. I know at least I did in the beginning struggle with the social aspect of it. Now, granted, I'm not a big social person. I don't like big crowds and I don't like doing, you know, I don't do the black Friday, you know, thing and stuff like that, but, (laughs) but we're human beings and, you know, we're social. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are a good couple of, uh, Things to keep in mind, listeners, rewind that and listen back to why a mastermind is so important. So, Jamie, what you've talked a lot about your ups and downs, but if you could think about one or two major shipwrecks, uh, like we talk about on Wayfinding Growth, what is a shipwreck that you can look back on that you learned something huge from? Oh, well, besides my brother passing and, and uh, that closing down, uh, closing down the, the business there is... Um, you know, doing the same thing again in 2010, um, you know, I got into real estate investing and, and, uh, I did the same exact thing. I didn't learn, you know, and again, I went into a spiral and that's, that's when I went to Las Vegas and stayed with a buddy of mine who was kind enough to offer up a, uh, a room for me to stay in. Um, yeah. So I think, I think probably what I got out of that the most was understanding the importance of systemizing your business and is having systems and processes in place is so much more than just organization. It almost forces you to think through potential obstacles that may come down the road or as hurdles or obstacles present themselves, tweaking those to get rid of the friction points in whatever it is that you're doing. And by the very nature of having a system for your business, it alleviates you from having to make the same mistakes over and over and over again, in my opinion, anyways, because without a system or without a plan, without anything like that to guide you to where you're going, you're going to hit the reef, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 if, and if I hit the reef one time, fine, I'm exploring it. Cool. Cool whatever. (laughs) Hopefully we have enough lifeboats for everybody to get get off of there. Um, But the next time I come through that channel, I know to navigate around that particular reef. Number one, because it's probably going to be a big old ship sitting there uh, that's been wrecked. But, but number two is I've experienced that tragedy. I've experienced the pain and the failure there. I don't want to go through that again. Mm. And the expense, Lord Almighty, the expense. Uh, Yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, So another part of what you do is podcasting and, and you've made a pivot in podcasting. You've helped others do the same thing. So um, your podcast originally that I, I remember is riding the pine, which is a, a hockey reference to uh, the bench, which I love. Yeah. Um, uh, go wings. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> go blues. Go yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, 
Man, the caps are really going this year. Anyway, uh, so Riding the Pine was was your show, and you seem to have great success with it. Everything was going well. You've had some amazing guests on. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it was a new show, Culture Eats Strategy, with a different focus, but still you doing your thing. Why did you make that shift? Um, well, uh, I think I was doing it for a little over four years, four and a half years, something like that. Stop Riding the Pine. Uh, which, yeah, is an analogy for, you know, get off the bench, stop sitting on the bench, get in the game. And it was a marketing-based show. And and that's all fine and dandy because I had a creative web agency at the time. Um, but I don't, I didn't, I wasn't getting a lot, as I said before, I wasn't getting a lot out of that, the web development and all that stuff. It just wasn't, wasn't my cup of tea anymore. I think it ran its course. And the reason I came up with the podcast was kind of to support that. A podcast was a good way of sharing um, you know, stuff about marketing and things like that. But to be perfectly honest with you, it was always a good, uh, it was also a lead generation tool for me, uh, sure, yeah. introduced me to a lot of people and, and, uh, you know, referrals or whatever. Um, and that was the basic reason, uh, to be honest for doing that. Um, and I don't know why I say to be honest, because I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm honestly talking about what I'm saying. Right. But the reason I made that shift is because, as we were growing here in Bottleneck, I was seeing what an influence it was on our company to have, to make culture present, front and center. And then I started really getting attracted to that and learning, a oh, man, I wonder what other people are doing with regards to setting up their company culture. And then company culture, but we're remote, you know, we're hundred percent remote. There's no office. How can we have a company culture? And what I found was it almost forced me to come up with systems and processes again and implement strategies so that we could surround ourselves with a good, nice company culture, leading with kindness, having great meetings, interactions, everybody participates. Nobody's afraid to come up with ideas because someone else might say something negative. And all these things started sparking up. And I thought, man, I, I want to talk about this more. And I want to talk to amazing people. I want to talk to, you know, the Brian Scudamore's of the world and the Vern Harnishes and the, these just bigger than amazing people. Um, and it didn't hurt that Christopher Lockhead loved the idea um, and he even did my intro, you know, just little things like that. And all of a sudden it just felt right. And uh, getting to talk about culture is a, is a huge passion of mine and getting to learn what others do. Uh, thank God for the, you know, the gift of podcasting to where we have this medium to be able to do that. Hey, Amen. How scary was it to make that pivot from something that you've been doing for four and a half years that you knew to this new yeah. thing? Yeah, that was, it was, it was crazy because I thought, well, uh, you know, let's, let's just go. And I remember the day I decided to do it, I was having a phone conversation with Christopher and I, I said, man, should I do this? And he said, yep, you should do it. And I said, okay, I'm doing it. And that day, um, I recorded, I think episode 250 with Colin Wayne, uh, from Redline Steel, um, an amazing character. And I said, that's it. That's my last episode. So I stopped doing it. And the very next week, uh, I started working on culture strategy and building that out. Hmm. It's been a great show. I've enjoyed it. So thanks for that. Oh, uh, thank you. So looking back over whether it's the podcasting discussion we just had or whether it's uh, bottleneck or whatever it is, what would you look back on and say is one of your proudest moments? 
um, finally getting to marry my wife. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Sarah's great. After after six years of, of uh, you know, saying that I'm never going to get married again because I did have failed marriages, plural, mm-hmm. in the past. Um, Ten years single and then six years with her. Uh, yeah, that was probably, yeah, that was that was one of the biggest deals. One of the biggest things ever is, uh, That's awesome. is that, and, and, and some of the other things is just being able to work with her. Um, she's so freaking intelligent and, um, she has, she, you know, she has just a, a, a really unique way of looking at the business. And so while we don't always agree, um, it's, it's, it's really cool to hear her perspective. And, and that has helped me out a ton. And while you don't always agree, she's always right. So that's good. Um, <laughs> 100%. Right? Yeah. Uh, I, I never said I was right at all. I just said we disagree. Right. And I learned to be wrong a and lot. Learned... <laughs> that, that's the point of marriage, isn't it? You ask any young man, what's the point of marriage? And you know what you're going to hear. But really, us older guys, we understand that it's to crucify you, right? Like, yeah, you hey, need well, to know. <laughs> right, right, Dan, you and I always get the last word, right? It's yes, dare. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So thinking on that proudest moment, what does, what does that teach you in life and as a business owner? What is that, that moment about marrying Sarah after 10 years single and saying, I'll never do this again? What, what do you walk away from learning that? What do you walk uh, communi- away from that? Yeah, communication, 100%. Uh, so uh, an example might be um, I have, you know, we're working on this big marketing plan right now for 2020 and I may have to work on Saturday. If I wake up Saturday morning at 9am, 8am, 7am, doesn't matter. And I say, Oh, Sarah, I got to do some work in my office. That's probably not a good route to take. The second I find out that I need to do some extra work uh, today is as of the time of this recording, it's Wednesday. Um, and if I found out today that I had some extra work to do and I couldn't do it until Saturday morning, it would behoove me to let Sarah know that, Hey, Sarah, I have about an hour or two of work. And if I, if it's 30 minutes, I say an hour. If it's an hour, I say two hours. Mm-hmm. And I say, I have about two hours of work, a couple hours of work on Saturday morning. And then, and then it, it just want to make sure that, that that's okay. And then maybe after that, we can go for a run or something like that. That little, thing right there has been a massive difference. And that was something that took me a long time to learn and understand, but just being able to communicate like that and giving a couple day heads up. And here's the thing. It's no problem. She's happy. You know, it's, she, she, she'll support me in that hundred percent. But if I drop something on her last minute, yeah, mm-hmm. look out that's, and that starts adding up because mm-hmm. they may say, Oh yeah, no worries. And Oh yeah, no worries. And then six months down the road, look out like you've done this and this and this, you know, and and all that was a result of a lack of communication. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't, I wouldn't blame her for, for, for getting upset anyways. Right. Yeah. That's a good lesson to take away. Um, so I want to talk about navigational tools, wayfinding growth. You know, we talked about the reef, talked about shipwrecks were obviously nautical themed. So if you had navigational tools that you would put into a, a, a toolbox or whatever, what has gotten you to where you are today that you'd want others to know about? Uh, from a technology standpoint, uh, 100% Basecamp 3. I absolutely love it. Uh, we have 17 hats as a CRM. It's a pretty simple CRM. 
uh, tool, but it's more along the lines for a solopreneur, photographer, something like that. Um, we were probably getting to a point where we're outgrowing it a bit, but it's a fantastic service. Um, and it's very inexpensive. Um, of course, MailChimp, uh, we actually love MailChimp and then, uh, Google Docs, uh, mm. Dropbox, uh, we're big fans of Dropbox. Um, and, and that's from, from the technology. Oh, Zoom, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what we like to do, use here, uh, from technology. From, if you're looking at from an educational point of view, I absolutely love Mike McCallowitz and his Profit First program. Uh, that is one of the biggest game changers, uh, I've experienced. And so much so I, I, I have an opportunity to meet Mike a little bit earlier this year. He was on my podcast as well. If you ever get a chance, anything Mike McCallowitz puts out, get it. Pumpkin mm-hmm. plan, um, you know, the profit first book. All in just, just amazing. Um, so absolutely love that because it's a no brainer, uh, much in the same way that, um, who's the founder of Facebook? What's his name? Oh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Yeah. So, you know, he, he has one kind of t-shirt he wears every day. Uh, did you hear that story? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Steve Jobs did the same thing, right? Yeah. And then why do they do that? Cause it, you less mind share goes to that. And so you can go to other things. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I think, I think I'm doing the same thing here in that, um, with profit first, you're, you don't have to think about where your money goes. It's a percentage and you just put your percentage into these different accounts and you don't worry about it. Your taxes are taken care of, all, your profits taken care of and you pay yourself first. How crazy is that? Yeah. That's, That's not what you usually hear about entrepreneurs, right? No, uh-uh. no, it's amazing. So, um, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed that. So, uh, book wise, that's probably, or education wise, that's probably, probably one of the top things there. Yeah. That's a, That's awesome. And, and like you, I have the, the opportunity to have a podcast outside of wayfinding growth and get to talk to a lot of experts. How, like, that's such a cool thing to be able to say, I got to spend an hour with Christopher Lockhead or with, uh, you know, any, any thought leader that you're out there, how, how impactful has it been for you to have that opportunity to have a podcast and talk to these thought leaders? Yeah. Um, well, uh, it had it not been for podcasting, I would have never met Christopher Lockhead. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, actually I think Tom Schwab introduced me to him way yeah. back in the day. No kidding. Um, yeah, crazy. And, and then Christopher was on my show. Um, and then we just kind of hit it off from there. So yeah, night and day difference that just the amount of things that you get to learn, you get to, and it's free. Like, well, it's time, but it's just amazing. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. Yeah. Podcasting is an amazing platform. I could mm-hmm. go on about it all day. <laughs> oh yeah, I, same here. And Lockhead was on uh, season two, episode eight of Wayfinding Growth. So go listen oh, to wow. that, listeners. He was awesome. Um, and yeah, and now and like see, so I met Christopher through Tom as well when I used to work for Tom. Um, and and it just seemed like one of those guys who had a podcast, used to be a CMO, but wrote a book and does this kind of thing. And like, all right, that's cool. He likes to surf. But then as I've seen him grow and seen his impact on others, and he's like the number one business podcast on Apple podcasts. 
yeah. right now, at least. Um, it has been 20, for a little while. 27th, he, I think he got up as high as 20, 20th overall. Yeah, on all 20th, podcasts. 20th, out of all podcasts, yeah. That's insane. And like, yeah. and he's got a, his show can go three hours at times. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. What the? And he drops all kinds of F bombs and stuff. And like, he breaks every rule that you would think in podcasting. And yet, I guess that that's his niche, right? That's what he does. Well, you know what's cool about that is he's got people that cannot stand listening to him because of his cursing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the more important thing is he has people that cannot stand not listening to him. Right. They can't stop. Yeah. They can't stop. And he said something to me the other day that I thought was amazing. He says, you cannot have a successful business without people that hate what it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. You can't. That's, yeah. Because you you know you know what that means? It means you're making a commitment. You are committing to your own belief system and you're gonna take it and run with it. So if you like wearing, you know, red shirts like Tiger Woods on his, you know, Sunday golf, uh go with it. And then all of a sudden you start seeing all the people wearing the red shirts. Mm-hmm. Right? But some people don't like red. So they're not gonna wear a red shirt. Yep. Right. So I, I, I just love that. I think, I think that's why he's doing, doing so well is mm-hmm. he's, he's polarizing and he's not afraid to share his point of view. Uh, fortunately for him, he's incredibly intelligent and his views pretty spot on right. <laughs> in my opinion. And it's funny cause he, he can come across as uh, abrasive and cocky, I want to say, but also he's humble about it. Like it's, it's this weird dichotomy that he has. He's like, look, I'm dyslexic. I basically flunked out of school, and yet I know what the hell I'm talking about. And you're like, man, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, didn't mean big to make heart. it a fanboy. Yeah. Big, oh, big heart. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so Jamie, if you could be a wayfinder to someone and help them on this growth journey, I mean, you've given a ton of information already, lots of advice, tools, everything else. But if you were to give one piece of advice to be that wayfinder for someone else, what would that be? Uh, so I do the word of the year of year. Uh, I started it two years ago and, uh, in 2017 or 2018, uh, I came up with the idea in 2017 and 2018 was the first year. And I, I created a word called focus, finding opportunities by creating uninterrupted strategy sessions. In 2019, my word of the year was listen, listen intently and soulfully to engage notably. Hmm. For 2020, I have my word, but it's not launching until January. So it will be coming out January. But when you ask if what I might suggest for people that I can help, I think it's so important to really figure out who you are. And you can do that as easy as picking out a word of the year. And and is the because if you if you focus, you're gonna f- focus on doing something. Focus on building a business. Focus on when I'm doing this with you right now. This is it. Nothing else in in the world is is gonna bother me because right now it's you. That's the focus. Now you've been asking me questions, so I've been talking a lot. But one of the other challenges I've had is is especially when I'm selling stuff, right? When I'm selling my services and stuff, I'll find myself talking and talking and talking and I'll talk myself right out of deals. Mm -hmm. And so I said, holy cow, I need to listen a lot more 
Um, God gave me two ears and one mouth for a reason. But I, it's amazing what you can pick up when you actually listen, not hear, but listen to somebody. Listen intentfully. Listen. Uh, uh, in, intently to engage notably. So do it with intention. Little things like this, it completely changes the way that you navigate the open sea. Now all of a sudden, now you're going down the channel. You're not having to worry about cutting and running and running aground or anything like that. It's really important. So I think just find something easy, not a big, big step, but find something easy that you can do that you create all of yourself. You don't have to listen to somebody else or do what somebody else is doing. Do it for you and then figure it out from there. I think that's probably a really good thing. A word of the year is great because it opens up so many different things. And just because of listening, it totally changed my sales pitch. Totally changed my sales pitch. So instead of explaining what it is that we do, I ask questions now. Hmm. And open-ended questions at that. Who, That's good. What, you know? <laughs> and I try to stay away from whys. You know, why did you do that? Right. You know, that's negative stuff. But that's been really helpful for me. Word of the year. So is there a place, like, like how, do you, how do you think of the word and then give it that acronym status? Is yeah, there a place so, you go for that? Um, no. I, 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 well, in my mind, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I, and, and I'm showing this on the video right now. This is my new word of the year. I know you probably can't see it, but it took me, um, I don't know, about a week and a half to kind of figure it out and looking up definitions and going to the thesaurus and doing all of that stuff. Hmm. So I'll think of something, okay, what do I need to do this year? And I'll give you a hint. I need to take serious action. So my word of the year for 2020 is going to be somewhere in that general area. But in January, I'll do a big release on, gotcha. on the word of the year. And I just think it's fun. It's interesting. And, uh, yeah. Which if you're listening on the release day of this episode, it's only, that's only in like two weeks. So yeah. this, this release is we're, we're recording earlier in December, but this release is right around Christmas. So, um, awesome. And if, you, cool. if you're going back to this, <laughs> this is evergreen as of the yeah. time of this recording, it'll, my new word will be coming out soon, but, but I do it every year. So it, it comes awesome. out every, uh, every year. Yeah. And January 18th, January 18th will be my 14th year of doing, um, since I sourced my first VA. That's awesome. 14 years. That's great. Crazy. It's funny because you think about VAs being new. And certainly, obviously, you could probably attest to this more than I can. It's a growing industry for sure. And oh, still nice. not not totally mainstream. But 14 years ago, you sourced your first VA. Like that's a, that's a long time. We, we didn't have this technology back then. It was, right. it was phone calls. Phone calls and emails, huh? It was like speakerphone phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. That's funny. That's awesome, Jamie. This has been a lot of fun, man. I really appreciate you being on today. Um, is there anything that I didn't ask that you want listeners to know? Um, no, I don't think so. I think it was they're, a good dialogue. They're pretty. They're pretty smart. I think they'll 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 figure they'll figure right. it out. Especially right. especially your listeners. Um. So where can people connect with Jamie J with Bottleneck Virtual Assistance? What's the best place to connect? Uh, you could go and search us on Google, um, or you can visit our website. It's bottleneck.online because we're online. 
Cool. And plus bottleneck.com was taken and they wanted to sell it for a lot of money and I don't want to pay that. <laughs> I don't mind um, either. Get creative, right? There you yeah. Go. Yeah. But, but you know, my best advice too is if, if you want to learn more about virtual assistants or something like that, just Google virtual assistant companies and just go look them up and start doing some research. I really, really implore you to do that. Make sure you have a good system in place uh, uh, to, you know, to hire somebody. And if they want to reach out to me, I've got a new hire checklist. I'm happy to uh, send it their way and uh, it'll help. Every, it helps them every step of the way along the process of hiring somebody, which is really expensive if you do it incorrectly. And it's really expensive if you do it right, but not as expensive. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Jamie J, Bottleneck Virtual Assistance. Man, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for today. Thanks, Dan. You're the man. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please share it. Post it, tweet it, gram it, email a friend. Give the gift of knowledge to someone you know that could benefit from it. And if you really loved it, please consider leaving a rating and written review on your podcast player of choice. And as always, go to wayfindinggrowth.com for resources and past episodes. Remember, we're here to help you navigate your business growth with strategic conversations and insights from experts in multiple industries. Thank you for listening to Wayfinding Growth.